on this week of Marketing Mojo. A company called Moonlighting um, that we'd known and we'd been, we'd been following for, you know, for, since, since we started, we had the opportunity to actually acquire them. Welcome to the Marketing Mojo podcast. I'm your host, Sajid Islam. This is the show where we introduce you to local small businesses who have made innovative changes during challenging times. Listen on to discover their stories, celebrate their efforts, and hear their advice on how to thrive as a small enterprise in the digital age. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of our marketing show. Today with me, I have Greg Hillstrom, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Career Gig. It's a platform that helps businesses connect with freelancers. And this is an interesting space for me just because being a small business owner myself, oftentimes we are relying on freelancers. And I felt like, you know, the existing solutions out there are not enough for a small business owner. So with that, I'm excited to have Greg on our show. Greg, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to talking with you. Likewise. So if you could spend a couple of minutes and, you know, if you do introduce yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, uh, my background is in a, a few different things. So I started my career in product design for a startup back in the early 2000s. And after, after leaving that company, I started, grew and sold a, a digital experience agency. I sold it about three years ago, ran it for about 14 years. And, you know, through that, I got to work with a lot of great brands and build uh, everything from building websites to doing. But when we started, there wasn't a thing of social media, for instance. So, you know, did social media marketing and doing a lot of things like for the, you know, not necessarily always the first time, but got to do things early on uh, in a number of different ways. Um, and then, you know, um, after I sold that agency, I... Um, I got more into customer experience and employee experience and had the opportunity to work with some, some large companies doing, doing some, some projects there. And the more I got into employee experience and HR technology and, and those realms really just kind of opened my eyes to the freelance economy and just how much it was growing. And I've been a freelancer at a couple different times in my life. So, you know, I've certainly, I've lived it firsthand. I've been an entrepreneur and, and hired freelancers. So, you know, I've seen it from, from a few different angles and just saw, you know, to your point, there's lots of platforms out there that address sort of some of the issues and solve some, some problems, but there were some really big challenges that I think, and, and still are, you know, to a degree um, in, in the freelance economy that we just really wanted to try to solve. And so, you know, so made, made the decision to start the company um, early, early 2020. Cool. Well, that's an interesting time, if I were to put it that way, which is, you know, early 2020 is right around, uh, right when the pandemic got started. Oftentimes we hear a lot of businesses decided not to launch or kind of, you know, scale back their operation. What, if you could help us understand what was the reason behind launching when you launched? Did you see a kind of a market product market fit or? Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely what it was. So, I mean, you know, me, me and my co-founders had been talking about, 
you know, we've been narrowing down kind of what we wanted to do. And, and one of my co-founders, I've worked with her several times on several different projects over the last couple of decades. And, you know, so we've been, we've been narrowing down kind of what we, what we want to do and, and some of the problems we wanted to solve. But when we saw the, the pandemic unfolding and just the, I mean, I've lived through in my career, I've lived through, this is my third financial crisis, let's call it, you know, so 2001, 2008, 2009, and now, now this, um, you know, my experience during the 2008-2009 crisis was the year that my my marketing agency um, we had our biggest year of growth at the end of that year. We we hunkered down and you know we're smart and just didn't didn't um, spend a lot of money and and do all those things. But we realized there was an opportunity for us then because some of our competitors, unfortunately, you know, for them, like they went out of business or or things like that. But we just kind of we saw it as an opportunity to to do some growth. This time around, we just saw with all the layoffs, furloughs, and the change to remote work, we knew there was going to be some big changes happening. And, you know, you've seen some of our larger competitors, uh, you know, Upwork, Fiverr, those um, those platforms, they have massive growth and adoption, you know, whether that's long-term or not is, is to be determined. But, um, you know, we saw such a shift in, in people exploring freelance work that we were just like, you know, it's it's either it's now or never because you know there's going to be so much growth this year. So just decided to jump in and do it. Fantastic, and I'm I'm glad that you uh, decided to do it just because you know I think there is a room for another freelancing company or a, you know a, 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 I would say a marketplace that connects businesses with workers and that does it differently than what the existing players are doing. Just because you know, like I said, you know, I feel like there is a gap and the existing solutions are not there yet. So with that, I mean, so when you, after you launch, how did you get the word out? Because I believe you are in a two-sided marketplace and how did you get the word out and how did you get people to sign up? The reason behind this. Yeah. Work? And, and that's, uh, you know, the, the two-sided marketplace, that is the, you know, all of the people that I talked to that, you know, whether that's on the investment front or mentors and everything like that, it's, it's not that it's impossible. There's plenty of successful two-sided marketplaces, but it's definitely a challenge. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely easier to have one market, one target market that you're selling to and, and marketing to than, than two. So yeah, I mean, a, a couple different things and, and one opportunity that just kind of sprang up and, and we had to, to take advantage. So, you know, a fundamental level, you know, word of mouth is a great way to get people to adopt something and, you know, build that level of trust and everything. So, you know, we worked with a core group of, of freelancers and with companies, really tried to, you know, win them over, get their feedback, you know, help them help us build a better product um, for, for lack of a better way of describing it. And, you know, the, the other, the other part early on is just a few of the things that we're doing just don't exist on other, on other platforms or, or services. So, you know, the fact that we can offer guaranteed issue health, life, disability insurance to freelancers here in the U S with our, you know, unique healthcare um, system, you can go through the ACA exchanges and get, and get health insurance. And sometimes that's affordable. Sometimes it's not, but Unless you're a full-time employee and there's, you know, sometimes with, you know, there's pre-existing condition issues and all that kind of stuff, you can't get some of the other things that we offer to freelancers unless you have a full-time job. And so, you know, that was one big area where we saw, it's not just about insurance, it's about the safety net of financial stability. It's becoming more and more about education and, you know, what are all of the things that you kind of 
give up if you don't have a full-time job and that community in within a company you know there's mentoring there's peer-to-peer -peer contact there's there's educational opportunities there are benefits and insurance retirement all, all of those kinds of things and so we really we saw that as such a differentiator and still you know it's we've been we've been live we haven't been live for that long but it's you know it's almost nine months now and we still don't have any direct competition doing those things and so you know i think i think that was something early on the the last thing is you know we've been having good growth on on both sides but a company called Moonlighting um, that we we'd known and we'd been we'd been following for you know for, since since we started, we had the opportunity to actually acquire them. So they they had built a uh, an audience of eight hundred fifty thousand freelancers across a wide variety of skill sets and um, and disciplines, and it was you know it was just it, it was great. Um, you know, synergy is an is an overused term, but it it really was a great synergy between us. Of they built a great audience. We had a great platform that that took a lot of things from the enterprise and the company side into account, and we really just complemented each other. And so, you know, we we were able to gain nearly a million freelancers um, through that acquisition, and as well as a great team and everything like that. And so that really supercharged our our abilities to grow. That was a very strategic acquisition, I would say, uh, just because, you know, bringing on a million freelancers overnight could move. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it's one of those things like they can't, you can't plan for something like that. And yet when it did, we moved quickly. I mean, within, you know, it was record speed, we were able to move in and, you know, the team, the team that came over as, as part of that just hit the ground running and, you know, we've been integrating product together and, and all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, it's just really, the initial things that we're seeing are just great results. Well, congrats on that, bringing Moonlighting on board. So, you know, so who is your customer on the other side, which is the demand side? Uh, is it large enterprises or small to medium businesses? Who are you really serving? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's it's actually both. And I mean, there's there's definitely unique challenges to each. And so, you know, the what, what turns out to... Um, you know, there's there's a few different things that we look at. So overall, in in hiring freelancers and and hiring in general, I mean, there's a in the workforce there is a shift from role based hiring. So you know, someone had this title somewhere and then they moved somewhere else, and so you hire them because they had that title. There's a shift from role based hiring to skills based. You know, the the opportunity there for the individual is you don't have to just look for a job based on, okay, well, I was director of marketing at this company. So that's all, you know, that's the only kind of role that I, I think I can get. If you have the skill sets, you can move, you can make lateral moves, you can, you know, you can, you can grow, you can add additional skills. The job market is such that there's both this need for highly specialized skills and broad, you know, broad expertise. And so, so that's that's one thing is just you know we're we're a very skills based as opposed to to role based platform, um, and that fits really kind of the future of of work. Um, the other piece is the way that we vet and 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 show verification of candidates. So you know there's there's platforms out there that have like a five star rating system, and you know it's I. It, it was the best way of doing things at the time that those platforms were created, but I'll tell you, it's not the best way to do it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a popularity contest. Things can easily be gamed. It's just not a one to five star rating system is not the most accurate way of saying, is this person a good fit for what I need them for? 
And so we are doing real objective third-party verification of everything from, you know, did someone work where they said they were to doing background checks in that way, doing skills-based assessments to say, yes, this person is an expert in Python programming. If, uh, you know, we work in the healthcare space some as well, and, you know, is this person a registered nurse in the state that I want to place them in a shift for, you know, all of those types of things. And that, that continues to grow our ability to, to scale and, and really create that. And, you know, when we do that, all of a sudden, we're not just, we're not just taking somebody, my friend's word for it, or some person that I said that I worked with, that stuff is valuable to a degree, but it's not the end all be all. I mean, you know, my, my thing I would say about LinkedIn, it's like, I've gotten, I've gotten endorsed for skills that I don't have by people that I don't know. And so, you know, what, what's the possible value in that? It's nice. It, you know, it's my ego is, is flattered or whatever by it, but how does that help someone trying to hire me? Well, Greg, you touched on a few things, a few challenges I, as a small business owner, have faced on other platforms. I would not take their name right now. It's just that I think, you know, the star-based ratings are an absolute joke. So I am so elated. I'm so excited to see that, you know, you have moved away from that to something uh, third-party based verification. Great, great. I'm bec- I'm becoming your fan. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, and I want to know who is overseeing your marketing. And, you know, I noticed that you have added Instagram during this pandemic. Uh, what was the thought process behind it? Can you walk us through on that? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we always want to be where our audience is. And, you know, we, we, we made a decision to start with, you know, fewer channels to start just to be able to focus our effort. I mean, you know, we're a startup. We, you know, we, we have some funding. Um, we're raising, you know, more, more capital as, as we speak here, but as a, any small company or growing company, we've got to be smart and, and a bit scrappy about how we, um, how we spend and, and everything like that. So, you know, we started out without Instagram, for instance, you know, we started out on a, on a few channels and then added that um, over once we kind of got some of our other programs a little more mature, started adding that um, a, a month or two ago. And, um, you know, I think just overall, it's it's a matter of, it's not just about being on the platforms, it's about are we doing, you know, are we able to, to offer content that's valuable and, and really attuned to that platform? Otherwise, it's just going to feel like, okay, I hit a button and just sent to all platforms and it's, it, stuff like that tends to fall flat. So, you know, we, we, we try to do do a, a good job on whatever platform we're, we're on. And have you, or do you do any paid marketing campaigns or has it been just been social organic marketing? We've done some. So, um, you know, we do some uh, like programmatic and retargeting. We do some paid social as well. We've done some paid search. So it just kind of depends on, you know, we've done a lot of different campaigns and certain things work better with the B2B audience versus the B2C and, you know, again, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a relatively small advertising budget. So we're trying to do things more organically and creating content and word of mouth and, and stuff like that. But there are certain things that advertising just, it just works better than, than anything else. And, and you kind of just have to spend the dollars to do it. Absolutely. Especially discovery, I think is a big thing because, you know, there's a lot of people such as myself, I didn't even know that 
a platform such as Career Geek existed even in my back here, right? Uh, it's just something when I found out, I was like excited and then I wanted to learn more and now you're here. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, sometimes it's that discovery that people wants to find out that there is an option out there. So with that, you know, if, you know, now that we are in the middle of towards the end of the pandemic, I mean, you know, are you focusing more, what are you focusing on and what are your predictions again? Predictions are predictions because, you know, anything can go wrong. I just wanted to preface that, you know, no one saw 2020 coming, right? Everyone, if you asked someone, they were like, oh, 2020 would be great. And then we got hit by a COVID. But what are your, you know, thought process around, uh, you know, the predictions and what you think is going to happen, especially for someone who has been through a couple of crises in the past? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a desire on everyone's part to try to return to normal. And I think in in past, you know, with past crises, I think it's been possible for the most part. Although, you know, I will say that, you know, the the freelance economy has been steadily growing for decades now. You know, it's 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 been getting a lot of press, I think. I mean, some of it obviously I follow it quite quite closely these days, but it's been getting a lot of press over the last few years. And, you know, certainly, you know, the, the Ubers and Lyfts and, and the gig economy platforms really came out of 2009 financial crisis. Um, what we're seeing now is really, I think the knowledge workers and, and some of those other professions are really moving more into the freelance economy with this with the, the, these most recent events. But, you know, I don't think we're, we're not going to go back to the way that we were in many degrees. I mean, I, I think, you know, restaurants and hotels and, you know, some of those, some of those types of businesses that can't, I mean, you can get delivery from a restaurant, but, you know, a restaurant requires people to be in person, you know, things like that are going to go back to some kind of normal. And I bet delivery is going to, you know, maintain, you know, some kind of, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to maintain some kind of consistency there. But, you know, remote work is here to stay and the numbers are in that, you know, people are more productive people, you know, not everyone loves it, but, um, you know, pe most people find it more, they're more productive working from home or given flexibility to be able to work from home. So it's not always all or nothing. It's, uh, you know, there might be more telecommute days or all of those kinds of things. So, you know, I think the freelance, freelance hiring, 1099 hiring, that was already increasing. You know, it was 36% of the U.S. workforce in 2019. Back then, it was estimated to be about 50% of the workforce by 2027. I guarantee you, we don't have the exact numbers just yet, but you know, I guarantee you, this has accelerated that, if not increased that um, that number. You know, by 2027 as well. And so, you know, we're we're looking at ways where you know we can make that an easier an easier transition for companies, but also we're not going to get to a hundred percent freelance hiring. So there's always going to be what I call like a hybrid workforce. And so, you know, some of what we, what we need to do and what I feel our mission is obviously we want to connect freelancers and companies, but we also want to make companies more successful in having freelancers and full-time employees work side by side, because there's nothing wrong with full-time employment. It just is, it isn't for everyone and it's going to be less, you know, it's, it's, it's not for as many people as it used to be because now there's, there's more alternatives. So, I think it's helping companies to be more successful in doing that is is a big it's a big behavior change. Great, thank you. So, as a CEO and co-founder, what's your main area of focus right now? Is it signing up new users, getting the word out? Anything you can share over there? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's being CEO, this is my second time being CEO, but um, first time in a product company. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a change for me. I mean, you know, really, I there's, there's a few different ways, you know, there's company focus, and then there's my role within the organization. I mean, I think of my role, I mean, there, there, certainly, I, I need to own the vision and the, the overall strategy of, of where we're headed. But really, at the end of the day, my goal is to surround myself with the with people that are smarter than me the the you know the best team that i possibly can and then just help them to get their work done as smoothly and easily as possible and when i do that amazing things happen and you know my job not only becomes easier but we're more successful as a company as a company right now i mean we're we're certainly doing a, a lot of things at, at once and you know we're in a high growth mode right now so you know, we're building key features to the product, we're growing the user base, we're doing pretty much all, all of the above is really, you know, at, at this point, we're, you know, we're raising an additional round of investment. So it's, uh, you know, a, a lot of things to, to juggle there. But again, a great team helps make that a lot easier. Fantastic. You know, Greg, and this is something that just came to my mind was that, you know, sometimes when you are a startup, it's, extremely can be extremely challenging to attract hire and retain tier one talent right because they well there is there is a group that has an appetite for adventure and risk taking then there is the other one the safe side so how do you usually communicate that to someone who's skeptical about joining your company and you know how do you bring them make them a converter or follower and bring them on board yeah, no, it's a great question. And, you know, I think it's, I mean, I'm just, a, I'm a fan of, of diversity in every way. And so this is a different way of thinking about diversity is people that are, let's call it more or less risk averse, right? So, you know, and I think there are, there are definitely people that are, um, you know, they're, they're willing to throw themselves into the fire and, you know, just kind of take, take some risks and, and all that knowing, I mean, I, you know, my, my first job out of college was at a startup. I got laid off after a couple of years, you know, we did some amazing things. We built a user base of a million people and all that, but ran out of funding. And there I was with 30 of my, um, you know, favorite coworkers getting laid off on the same day. And it just, you know, it, it happened. It was what I got, you know, it's what I signed up for in a, in a sense. And so, you know, thing, things like that happen. I mean, I think there are, there are there's a lot of value that someone who is more risk averse brings to the table. There's just always not always the right timing for them to jump in right away. So you know you've got to um, you've got to work with that. There's there's a few people on the team that I would say are are more on that risk averse spectrum, where you know they wouldn't be typical people signing up for a startup, but it was just sort of the stars aligned and their role is right and and everything like that. And then there's there's plenty of people that are just kind of they're they're in it for the for the excitement and the fast growth and fast pace. So you know, I think to only have those people that are you know that are very risk tolerant, uh, I think you shortchange yourself because some of those people that are that are thinking uh, you know a few steps ahead and a little a little less you know risk takers actually bring some good perspective and some good like have you thought about this as opposed to just kind of charging ahead. So. You know, try. I try to involve you know all all of those all of those perspectives as, as much as we can. That's a brilliant idea. With that, you know, what advice would you give to startup founders who are just getting into uh, you know building a business? I mean, they're just thinking about it. They're on the sidelines. They're not sure if the economy is right, 
and maybe to an existing you know startup or a business owner who is thinking of closing down their shop because they think you know the there is so much uncertainty they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and you being a visionary you kind of see some things that they probably are missing what advice would you give them sure oh no i i mean i i appreciate the compliment there i mean you know i think the no no one can know everything and i you know i think there's there's I mean, there's two ways to look at that. I mean, one is everyone has more in them than they sometimes give themselves credit for. And so, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's not just believing in yourself. It's also believing in your team and believing in, you know, the, the, let's call it the, the market to um, sort of reveal some things over time. But there are also times where it's time to shut something down. It's not necessarily your, shut your company down, but it's time to, say, you know what, we really tried to do X, Y, Z, you know, whether it was a service offering or product offering or something like that. And you know what, as much as we thought of the right timing, it just, it wasn't working. And so, you know, that's the thing you never really know. It's a hypothetical, you know, the, the other option is a hypothetical, but you can't be afraid to explore both options and to, you know, sometimes it takes courage to say, you know what, I put a lot of time and, and sweat and, and things into something, but it's time to focus on something else instead. And, you know, I think it's, it's hard to say, and, you know, as a, as you, as you kind of go through your career and, and life and starting businesses and all that, you, you might get a sense more for that over others, but it's never an easy decision. But, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of trusting yourself is something that, that can sometimes be hard to do when, even when you're, you know, your, your own inner voice, let's call it, is telling you to do something and you don't, you don't want to do it for some reason. So, you know, with that, the question becomes, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, people say, stay on your track, don't give up. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's only a failure if you give up, you know, go on from one experiment to another experiment. But do you have any guideline or any rule of thumb that one could use or you would use to decide, okay, I've tried enough. Maybe it's time to call it quits, right? Do you have any sort of, advice with them? Yeah. I mean, it's the, I, I, I wish I had better advice. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the thing I always keep in mind is, you know, the, the truly successful, the icons of business and, and success and everything, you know, when you read their biographies, just count how many times they fail over their career before they don't, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where you've got to learn one way or the other. And, you know, wouldn't it be great if, if, none of us ever stumbled and none of us ever made a mistake and, you know, and all that. But it's like, you know, I, I've always learned more from failing than from succeeding. And, and I wasn't the first person that I heard say that. So, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I think we need to learn from those that had a string of, you know, a string of learning experiences that look like failures, maybe to the outside, maybe felt like failures at the time, but you know, you don't, uh, you you kind of just have to embrace embrace that as you know what I'm I'm going to learn as much as I can from this. If you can pivot it into something that is more successful, even then you know more more power to you as well. But yeah, those you know those those people that we hear about and and we you know we kind of idolize as as successes. I mean, man, they 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 failed so many more times than than I ever will, and you know I still don't consider myself a, an icon of of success. So, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of room to, to grow there. 
Very nice. So Greg, one last question is how easy it is to sign up with Career Geek, whether it's on the employer side or on the freelancer side? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've we've done our best to, to make it as easy as possible. So it's it's free to sign up. Um, there are no subscription fees for either freelancer or companies. So really, um, you know, we make we charge some transaction fees when you actually get hired through the platform. So, you know, once you're already hired, once you've already hired a freelancer, then we, you know, we charge fees based on usage and, and stuff like that. But no, no fees to or, you know, anything like that to, to sign up. You don't need a credit card, anything like that. You can sign up, you can, you can check it out. You can look for, for available talent. You can post a gig, um, all of those kinds of things. And then, yeah, you know, we'd love to get people to check out the platform and, um, you, you can always give us feedback and, and we're, you know, we're, we're in that we're hungry for feedback and always wanting to make things better. So, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear uh, what, what your audience thinks. Alrighty. Cool. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, if you are in the market, looking for freelancers, uh, you should definitely give Career Gig a try just because, you know, they're young, they're fresh, and they have some great ideas in terms of how they're rating uh, freelancers on the platform. And Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. It was, it was great to talk with you. Thank you for tuning into The Marketing Mojo. It was a pleasure to serve you all and share the story of a resilient small business. Hit the subscribe button so that you receive a notification every time we release a new episode.